you pray with me? Lord God, we're grateful for your word this morning, grateful for the opportunity to read, mark, learn, inwardly digest it as we prayed earlier. Lord, we, as we study your prophet Isaiah, Lord, we ask that you would soften our hearts, that you would implant your word like a seed to sprout into new life in us this morning. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Drew Miller. Like Corey said earlier, it is such a privilege to be with you here today. I've been friends with uh, Corey and Ken and their families for a long time. Um, I grew up at St. John's, John's Island, but I spent a lot of summers at Camp St. Christopher with them. And so it is just such a privilege to be um, invited here. And, and I'll say, uh, the Prescott family got me through seminary. They, they made, it, made me get through it. I, they taught me how to make baguettes. They had me over to dinner. They took me on a family vacation with a newborn, which was bold. Um, when I was sick and very sick, they brought me food, and, and baby Grace painted me a get well rock, um, which is New Age or Buddhist, I don't know. Um, and made me question what Corey was learning in seminary, but uh, it was a very sweet move, very thoughtful, and I still have it. Um, so it's just such a privilege to be here. Thank you for, for having me, and especially to celebrate Corey's ordination tonight. That's just a joy. So we're going to be looking at our passage from Isaiah this morning, but just by way of introduction, I wonder if you know the name Jason Isbell. Jason Isbell is a singer-songwriter in Nashville these days. He's one of the brightest stars um, his breakthrough album came out in 2013. It was Southeastern was the title. That's when I first discovered him. And I've been listening to him about once a week ever since. I can't shake him. Um, and if you know his popularity today, you might be surprised to know his story. Southeastern was the first album that he produced sober. He was an alcoholic and a pretty severe one. He lost his first band to it. He was part of the drive-by truckers and they kicked him out. Uh, he lost his first marriage because of his alcoholism. And if you listen to his lyrics long enough, you'll realize that it, he nearly lost his life to it. And Southeastern is his reflection on that alcoholism, on the pain and the suffering that it caused. And it's nowhere better encapsulated than in the first song. It's called Cover Me Up. And in it, he retells some of the, the pain and disaster and isolation that came from this season. The first verse starts like this. Hard on a run, keep your hand on your gun, can't trust anyone. I was so sure what I needed was more, tried to shoot out the sun. The days when we raged, we flew off the page, such damage was done. The story of violence and paranoia, of a life that's imploded in on itself because of sin and brokenness, desolation, is what he feels. The chorus has this little desperate prayer tucked into it. It's cold in this house and I ain't going out to chop wood. <clears throat> Cover me up. I know you're enough to use me for good. Cover me up. I know you're enough to use me for good. Isabel surveys the desolation that his decisions, that his sin, that his brokenness has caused. And he hopes, he just hopes, that someone can fix this. 
that someone can set his life back in order, that someone can bring him to the purposes that he knows he was made for. He just hopes. And by the time the prophet Isaiah declares the words that we read this morning, declares these words to the people of God, Israel has utterly abandoned their God. And you can see it in the treatment of the poor and the oppressed. There's injustice in the streets. You can see it in their treatment of the prophets. They reject the word of God again and again. You see it as they begin to worship the gods of the other nations around them. They've rejected their Lord. And so already in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah has prophesied that because of their sin and their rebellion, God would bring destruction on them. God would actually allow the nations around them to destroy them, to break them down. The mighty tree of Israel, as it's described, will be left as a stump in the wilderness. They would feel the weight of their sin. They would find themselves desolate. Now remember, this is Israel. These are the people of God. These are the very people that God has promised would have a king on the throne of David forever. These are the same people that God has promised would be a blessing to the nations. And yet because of their sin, because of God's judgment on their sin, everything is stripped away. They would be left as a stump in a field. Now I wonder if your sin has ever left you like that. I wonder if you've ever found yourself like Jason Isbell, like Israel, that you've rejected God, rejected his will for your life so many times, so deeply that you feel there is nothing left to you, that you've lost everything internally or externally. Maybe it's through some addiction that you've carried, that you've fought, and that you've lost to. Maybe it's some little infidelity or a big one that ruined things. Maybe it's just selfishness and pride that you find in your heart cropping up again and again in your relationships and in your family, and you know that it's wearing people out, that it's tearing people down, you know that it's leaving desolation behind it, but you don't know how to fix it. Have you felt like that? I have. I have. It feels like the end. It doesn't feel like there's anywhere to go from there. And that's what Israel feels in this moment. They've lost everything. There's no hope. And it's their own fault. It feels like the end to them. And this morning, we discover that it wasn't. This morning, we discover that it wasn't the end. Into this desolation, into this abyss of brokenness, the prophet Isaiah declares hope. We see it in verse 1 that we read this morning. Though Israel has been cut down, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. From desolation sprouts hope. Now, I just bought a house in Statesboro, Georgia, as a way of being more invested in the community that I'm, I'm starting to plant a church in, helping start a church in. And it's surrounded by an incredible amount of azaleas, like deep and wide. I mean, it sounds like, the, like so many azaleas. And this year, I've discovered how many weeds are in those azaleas <laughs> and how many of them are closer to trees at this point in my azaleas. 
And you can tell I've gone down into them to start to try to figure out how to get rid of them. And you can see that they have been attempted to be gotten rid of before. There's a big stump down there with shoots coming out of it. And every year someone has gone down and cut that weed out. And every year it looks good and dead and gone. And every year it comes back. The tree has a purpose to grow, and your loppers ain't going to stop that. (laughs) You see, this is the image that God gives us this morning, the image that Isaiah prophesies over Israel, that though they seem dead, broken, desolate, though it seems like the end of the road, a stump in a field, God is not finished with his people. God is not finished with that stump. God's purpose is will not be stopped. Even by the sin of his own people, from that stump will come forth a new shoot, a branch. Now what is that? What is that shoot? The two things we learn right off the bat in verse 2. The shoot is a person. And this person is filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord will be upon him, Isaiah says. And we already know that this comes from the stump of Jesse, don't we? Jesse, the father of King David, the archetypal king of Israel. So what is this shoot? Well, it's a king. It's a king from the line of David, a king full of the Spirit. What's this king like? We keep reading and we find out he's a king full of wisdom and righteousness. He's a king full of understanding and counsel and might and justice and faithfulness. Into the desolation of God's people, into our sin and rebellion comes a king, a perfect, righteous king who steps into our world, who comes out of our brokenness, the king with us, the king from us. And what does this king do? Read further, he brings a kingdom. He brings peace and life all over again to a broken people. Look at verse 6. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard with the young goat, the calf with the lion, the fat calf, the fat calf, the tastiest of the calves, and isn't eaten. And a little child will lead them. It says children will play over the holes of deadly snakes and be unharmed. And my mother still wouldn't go near them. But she could. That's the point. Even the gravest of conflicts, predator and prey, the most primordial of violence is ended when this king arrives. The greatest of violence in human hearts, remember Genesis, the serpent. Even this violence ends. This is a picture of paradise, isn't it? It's a picture of of Eden. This is perfect peace. And our reading ends with this incredible image of that in verses 9 and 10. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that day the root of Jesse, this great king, will stand as a signal for the peoples, it says. Of him shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious 
The king brings peace. The king reveals the Lord to the world, deep and wide, the sea covering it all. Israel, in the midst of her sin, in the midst of her judgment, her desolation is given hope. Though it looks like the end, it is not. All of God's purposes will be fulfilled for her. There will be an eternal king on the throne of David. God's people will be restored to peace in his land. The nations will be blessed by this people, even despite this people. God's purposes will be fulfilled when the shoot comes forth from the stump of Jesse, when the king arrives. Jason Isbell completes his first verse of that song like this. He says, The days when we raged, we flew off the page. Such damage was done. But I made it through because somebody knew I was meant for someone. I made it through because somebody knew I was meant for someone. See, the song is about his desolation, the brokenness of his alcoholism, and it's about... Someone, which he, someone he doesn't know who it is, that carries him through it. That brings him to his purposes. The person he was intended for from the beginning, his wife, Amanda Shires. There's a purpose, and he's carried through even his sin for it. Friends, I want to tell you that God had a purpose for his people, Israel. God had a plan for them, and he has a purpose and a plan for his people today. And his plan will not be stopped by your sin. His plan will not be stopped by your desolation. It will not be thwarted by the things that you have done or by the things that have been done to you. God's plan will not be stopped. He will fulfill his purposes in his people. The very king who would save Israel from themselves, who would bring life into their death to fulfill the promises of God to them, the very same king is the one who came for us. The one who is coming for us again. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the King, Emmanuel, the one who is with us, he is our hope and desolation. He is our life from death. He is the bearer of the spirit and wisdom and justice and righteousness and peace. He is the king who brings his kingdom, who reveals the knowledge of the Lord to the world. He is the one who came to be lifted up as a signal to all nations that all would come to him. This is what Advent is about, isn't it? It's about looking back to the king who has come and to the future, the king who will come again. That's what we celebrate in this season, the season of remembrance and waiting. But friends, I want you to know that you don't need to wait to know the beginning of that new life. You don't need to wait to have hope in your desolation because the king who came is with us now. He's with us this morning. And he is inviting you to himself even now. You might feel that tug. It's real. 
And even as we come to the table, as we come to the bread and the wine, the body broken and the blood poured out, this is his invitation to you to know his purposes will be fulfilled, to taste and see that life comes out of death, to know that he is faithful to his people, to know his hope. He offers us that hope this morning. That's good news. Amen.